Look at the third wonderful doctrine, starting in verse two. This is God's amazing ownership. And it says, then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. That should ring a bell. When you get to chapter 13, the Antichrist is sealing people on their foreheads and hands. And it doesn't matter if it's an implanted chip or it's a barcode or if it's a tattoo. It doesn't matter. The, the Bible isn't written for us to speculate and avoid getting it, you know. It was written to tell us God seals his own. Did you know this is not new? This is all the way through the Bible. When Israel was being destroyed by the Babylonians, think of special forces and think of an entire army of special forces. And that was King Nebuchadnezzar's army that was just conquering the world as fast as he could conquer it. And they surround and besiege Jerusalem and they made the perimeter so no one could come or go and they ran out of water and ran out of food and they're dying of starvation. And finally, when they were too weak to even shoot an arrow, they knock the wall down, they come in and they start just killing randomly. Well, not randomly, systematically, just killing everybody inside the city. Do you know in Ezekiel, when that scene is happening, God says, wait just a minute, I want to show you so you really know what I'm doing. He sent a similar angel with the same seal deal, and that angel is going around and marking the foreheads of everybody that mourns for sin and fears God. That's code for believers. They hate sin. They're mourning that they even sin. They don't like sin. They don't like that they sin, and they hate it, and they love God. That's a believer. And he marked them all. And when Nebuchadnezzar was, his soldiers were coming along, they were going, whack. And they go, nope, we're not going to whack that one. They didn't know why they weren't killing that one. They were marked. God marked who he wanted to survive. And the people that survived the Babylonian death march were the ones God wanted to go to preserve his word and preserve Judaism and the lineage for Christ. And they all went to Babylon. And they were believers. See, the ceiling is not new. But what is going on here is God knows whom he has chosen. He knows their names. He knows their genealogy. He knows their location. He knows every detail right down to their genetic code because he designed it himself. See, we never are out of touch with God. We might feel it, but from his perspective, he knows everything about us. He owns all humans. First is creator, but here we see salvation means he owns us in a deeper way. Here God marks out those he saves by sealing them because he bought them at a price. These are believers. All of us, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 to 22 says, all of us have the seal of God. That's why when demons were, you know, the seven sons of Siva in Acts chapter 19, they come up and this guy, this Jewish exorcist was exercising. He says, in the name of Jesus. And they go, we know Jesus and we know Paul and you're not one of them. Boom, and they beat him up. Demons can see who are Christians and who aren't because they can't enter us because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And this is just such a, a beautiful picture of our salvation. And these people are invulnerable. They, they are, no one can touch them until they're done with what God has for them. Did you know that's the same for us? We go around fearing everything. Did you know it will not come near us until God's appointed time? The Lord has set an appointment. We can't 
make it come any faster and we can't slow it down. There's appointed unto us a moment when Jesus is going to come and take us home. I was just praying with one of our couples in the church. Uh, uh, the wife is sitting next to her husband as he's close to the gates of heaven. And, and she said, um, you know, she gave me the update. And I said, you know what? You just mark when you notice that last breath. Because just before that, Jesus was there. Because he said an appointment with your husband. He's going to walk him through the valley of the shadow of death. And when, when he breathes out his last breath and opens his eyes, it's going to be the first time he sees Christ face to face and becomes like him and Jesus walks him home. But that event doesn't happen until the moment God planned. It's the same process for each of us who have ever been saved. We've gone through the same process. God sought us, found us, convicts us. We respond in faith. He saves us, seals us by his spirit, makes us his bondservants. These people you're reading about that we're going to see their tribes were all born lost sinners, Jewish lost sinners. Every one of them weren't saved when the rapture took place. They're just pagan, lost, unbelieving Jews. And they get convicted and they are saved, and they're drawn, and God saves them. And just as God sealed the Jews who believed during the horrific days of the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem and preserved them safely, and the rest perished, so these 144,000 are saved and preserved through the horrors of the tribulation. You know, no demon can get them. God opens the lid and the demons come out, they can't get them. No human can slay them. They are invulnerable. Well, let's go to the next one. Look at verse four. Look at the specific plans that God has for his people. This is the doctrine of election. Verse four, and I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Did you know nobody knows what tribe they're in right now? But God does. He knows that's right down to our DNA. He knows what descent they are. And so he finds, verse five, of the tribe of Judah. That means that their great, great, great 3,500 years ago and more was Judah, one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And 12,000 of those descendants of Judah were sealed. And of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. And the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. And the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. And the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. And the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. And the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Now you're seeing why people don't like this chapter. It's just too hard to read. You know, it's just too, what does that have to do with me? You know, and we only want what does with me. And of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. And the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. And of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. And of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. Why is all that in there? Well, first, to make it very clear, it's not the church. The church is never called, okay, this section, you're Reubenites, and you're Levites, okay, and you're Danites, you know. Oh, Judah, that's who you guys... No, God was as explicitly as human language could convey it, these are Jews. The church is never called descendants of Reuben, descendants of Naphtali. It's to say, this is Jews. Why? Because God called Abraham to bless all the peoples of the world. God raised up his chosen people of promise, and God gave him the temple and gave him the prophets and gave him the word of God. Every word of this came somehow attached to Jewish people. That's what Romans 2 tells us. Every word of the Bible came to us through, the oracles of God came through the descendants of Abraham. But they didn't do what they were asked to do, other than a few notable ones. 
most of them. Uh, God wanted the temple to be the place where all the nations heard about him. The Jews said, no, you come in here, we'll stone you guys. You stay out. And we don't want your money either, unless you change it for ours. And then we'll take you. You know, I mean, they just, they just didn't do the way God planned. And so we know a few. Joseph told the Egyptians, and Moses, of course. Jonah, now there's the way to be a missionary. Put someone in a whale, drowned them until they'll surrender, and then send them to the land. And he reluctantly did what he was told. I mean, what a, what a sad commentary. Uh, David, I mean, when he wasn't in trouble, he was pretty good. Nehemiah, I mean, he was talking to the king and everything. But most of them didn't. The Jews were to live out the truth of God, and they didn't. But God's plans are never thwarted. He says, I'm going to use you to tell all the nations. And he says, I'm going to just send out, I'm going to pick 144,000, and I'm going to convict them of their sins and draw them to the Messiah. And they're going to, he makes 144,000 Pauls. You know how Paul just turned every city upside down or right side up, actually? He's got 144,000 of them. And that's the blessing of God's specific plans to use his people. Whether a Jew of the tribulation or a part of Christ's church today, God has a plan. Did you know just as much as one of these 144,000, if they didn't do what God called them to do, would not be accomplishing his plan? Did you know we have just as clear a plan, you and I? Remember the 50,000-year perspective? There's something we're supposed to do on earth nobody else can do. God designed us to do it. And the only way we can do it is to stay in touch with him and walk in the spirit and, and pray so he can change us to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so that in 50,000 years, we will be rewarded forever what we did today. <laughs> 